What's going on today? Hope the day is treating you well. Wanted to let you know the podcast is proudly brought to you by Muskoka Spray Foam Insulation. If you need your home spray foamed, be sure to check out msfi.ca today. Drew and the crew over at Muskoka are waiting for you to help you with your spray foam needs. Be sure to check out msfi.ca today. We're also proudly brought to you by Boone Contracting. They pride themselves on excellent customer service and quality workmanship. They specialize in every aspect of contracting, residential or commercial, from complete custom renovations, decks, fencing and more. Be sure to check out boonecontracting.ca. Are you ready to go offside? Because it's Offside Hockey Talk with your host, James Roberts. Hoo-hoo-wee. Ladies and gentlemen, what is going on? Looks like we got a lot to get to, a lot to break down, a lot to talk about. A great interview in this episode as well, sitting down with former NHL goaltender Eddie Lack, getting to a whole slew of topics, including the Roberto Luongo outdoor game, the best chirper on the ice, and just his career and different things like that. Absolutely great guy to speak with. You'll hear it very soon. But to jump into the news du jour, the news of the day, Jack Eichel has gotten another general manager fired from the Buffalo Sabres, Botterill out, and some gentleman from some department within the Buffalo Sabres is now going to be the full-time GM, as was reported by Pierre Lebrun via text message. The owners, the Pagulas, did say he is not an interim GM. He is the full-time GM. I'm wondering when the Buffalo Sabres are finally going to realize you need to take time, you need to do it right, you need to do it slow. You look at since the Pagulas have come in, they've thrown money at players, they've rushed decisions, they've signed guys coming off of one good year. I'm looking at you, Jeff Skinner, and I know, guys, he scored 30 before that, and da-da-da-da-da, but if you're going to sign someone to 9.5 for term, they better be able able to do it on a damn consistent basis and Jeff Skinner has not done so and listen I picked up Skinner a bunch of times in hockey pools I'm not raining on the guy I'm not trying to crash his parade you know great that you got paid but for the Buffalo Sabres they need consistency and you know what Jack Eichel also needs it because I think the time for Jack Eichel in Buffalo might be coming close to an end much like it was for Connor McDavid in Edmonton things came around a little bit there but it still needs to keep going I don't know what's going to happen with the Buffalo Sabres, but boy, oh boy, Dwayne Steinle, I know you're listening to this right now. What are you thinking? It's absolutely insane. I can't believe the Buffalo Sabres are going back down this road. Also, another awesome tidbit. Get me excited, ladies and gentlemen. July 10th, training camps open. The Maple Leafs will be on the ice. Other teams will be on the ice. All we need to do is keep progressing the right way. Do the right things. Wash your hands. Social distance. And you know what? We will get some sports back in our lives this summer. You know what? There's some people that don't like it and don't want people to be subjected to different things. Well, guess what? If the numbers are going down and everything is going the way that it should, then it should not be an issue. Now, I'm the first proponent. I've said it a million times. If people are not able to be mass tested and people are not able to secure that test before athletes and celebrities, they don't want it done. And it looks like mass testing is being able to be done. I know I'm here in Halifax, Nova Scotia, and if I need a test, I can go get one. So that has been now there. It is readily available. The tests you can do are rapid as well, and they're also fighting towards new ways to combat the disease. So if everything goes the way it should, 
I would like things to keep opening. I would like to see some sports. Call that selfish. Call that me wanting something that may affect others and get people hurt. But guess what? If everything is in place and all the safety measures are taken, we need to start taking the steps properly and safely to open things up. Now, with that being said, I cannot wait to see the Maple Leafs on the ice against the Columbus Blue Jackets. And guess what we're going to do here at Offside? We're going to break down each and every matchup for the play-ins. Going to have detailed little pods for each and every one. Of course, I'll do a hype video for them. And we'll make sure it's fun, get you geared up, get you jacked up for your play-in, for your favorite team. And then, when the round one starts after the play-in, We'll do the exact same thing again. Ladies and gentlemen, I want to thank you for hanging around for this little intro. I cannot wait for hockey to get back. I cannot wait to start talking about actual line combos, in-game stuff. But it's all coming. We just have to wait, be patient, and do our part. And speaking of doing our part, I got to do mine and sit down today with former NHL goaltender Eddie Lack. Get ready to hear it. It happens right now. When someone agrees to come on, the caliber of this person... You sit down, you take notice, and you get ready for it. Today I get to sit down with former NHL goaltender, Eddie Lack. Eddie, how's it going today? <laughs> Good, how are you? Thanks for having me. Not a worries, I'm not doing too bad out here in sunny Nova Scotia, finally not raining. And we were talking about the time change. It is 1 o'clock right now in Nova Scotia. Oh, so you're not on the East Coast. You're, you're one over. Now I get it. Yeah, Atlantic Standard Time, yep. So that's why the time didn't work out. I was like, all right, I'm going to go with 1 o'clock and just hope I'm right. And, of course, luckily I was. Oh, it works out. Oh, yeah, it definitely works out. So i got to ask, man. I mean, getting started in hockey, everybody's got a story. So what is yours? What fueled you to want to play hockey? Uh, My story was when uh, I uh, watched the 94 Olympics uh, when Sweden won the gold. against Canada in the final. I remember when uh, Peter Forsberg made that uh, big move on Corey Hirsch in the shootout, right? So uh, that was kind of like my moment when I wanted to start playing hockey and like uh, Tommy Sala played that tournament too and made some unbelievable Peter Forsberg for so many, I mean, even over here in North America, with his playing, everybody wanted to emulate his style of play, just how strong he was with the puck and the moves that he made, so I could see how that could light a fire under you. How did you want to become a goaltender? Was it someone, I know you watched Forsberg and that got the fire started, but was there someone you watched that you wanted to emulate the style of to to bring yourself along as a goaltender? No, I think I'm one of these people that have just... uh taking taking like a little bit from different goalies and like I I, I uh, think that that's what like like the best goalies in the NHL have, have done too like they don't try to copy someone full out they, they take like a little bit from from di- different goalies and and then kind of make out their own style from that right so uh, that's uh, that's what I've been uh, trying to do for sure. No, definitely. Well, during your time in the NHL and even the AHL or even the Sweden Swedish League, sorry, um, wondering for you, is there someone you like to watch play or 
another goaltender that you had to make sure you seen what he did on any given night? Yeah, I mean, growing up and uh, when I was in uh, juniors in Sweden, like that, that that's when Henrik Lundqvist kind of emerged, and 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 uh, he's been one of those guys that I followed uh, throughout my life and throughout my career, and and and. and uh, but especially for for a lot of uh, Swedish goalies, he has always been like the guy to look up to, and yeah, just like coming up and everything, he was just so much fun to watch. So walk us through, you know, getting noticed by the Vancouver Canucks, and then you know playing your way onto that team, going into camp for for that one there. What was your mentality? Did you did you expect to make the team or? Was it just go in there and do the best you can and get noticed? What was uh, what was the feeling around all of that? Yeah, I mean my my first uh, training camp, I think it was more like a watch and learn. Like I I I was uh, heard a little bit that year before in Sweden, and and then I was Jacob Markstrom's backup, so I I didn't play a ton of games that year, so. I, for me, it was basically just going to be like a learning curve. Come in there and like try to earn the starting job in Manitoba, and and and, and uh, I I uh, was for, for, fortunate enough to be able to stay with Vancouver uh, until the day after the NHL premiere, I think. So like it, it, that was like a great learning experience for me just be, be, being around uh, Bobby Lou and and Schneid for, for like that long period of time that was great for me now speaking of Bobby Lou and obviously uh, Corey Schneider how's the relationship with those guys going now do you guys still talk is there you guys still buddies or what's what's there yeah yeah I mean I I uh, still talk to both both of those guys and and and, and uh, Louis since he's like the assistant GM or advisor or whatever he is from Florida, <laughs> uh, um, he pretty much just texts me and asks me about different players and everything like that that I see in college now and and and, and the. We talked a little bit uh, back and forth about that, and and and, and uh, Schneid, Schneid, Schneid and I would just uh, check in a little bit here and there uh, to see how he's doing. Well, speaking of Schneid, I mean, you must be there trying to help motivate and kind of pump his tires a little bit, get him back into the the right mindset, get him back into the game. I know he's trying to trying to make the comeback for the New Jersey Devils. How do you see him, and do you think he's going to be back between the pipes, or is there something that uh, you know that he needs to work on to get back to that place? Uh, with him, and I, I, I don't want to like uh, say one thing and then he feels completely different, right? But like That's true. me, just, just watching from at the side, I think that. Uh, that's just like a confidence thing for him, and and and, and he he's been uh, playing for that team 
and everything, and like the hard years and everything. And I and I really think that he uh, deserves to be there now. They start to become like a little bit better, right? So, uh, if I'm not mistaken, he's got like uh, two more years on his deal. But I also think that he he could be like a really good compliment to Blackwood and like teach him about being a pro and just like being around Schneid like will for sure help Black, 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 Blackie too so uh, 100% I think they should keep him alright no definitely and I gotta ask you were just talking about you know the, the combo situation or the platoon whoever puts it different ways do you like that way for the NHL it seems to be a good combo in Boston um, I know a few other teams throughout the NHL have good combos now as well did you think that was a good thing for yourself? Um, almost not just battling, but just having the healthy competition with another goaltender. You you spoke of Bobby Lou and then Schneids, and then of course when you're in Carolina, and then of course Calgary. Um, you know, do you think the platoon situation is the new way to go within the NHL? Not just for yeah. workload management, but just for everything, for the mentality of the whole thing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, when you look look back. Uh, I don't know, probably the last like ten, ten, ten years. There's uh, there's not a, a Stanley Cup winning team that has had like the guy that played like the sixty five set seventy games like it was before, right? Like now nowadays, I I, I do think that you do need more of a. Uh, backup that can play like the 30 to 35 games to kind of spread uh, the workload out, out right and and, and, and the, that's kind of what I'm seeing now 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 too is uh, uh, you're also going to have to be able to trust your backup to play that many games right so it's it's uh, uh, important for, for teams to have at least two really good goal, goalies now, I feel like. Well, being a Maple Leaf fan, we uh, we know all about not having a competent backup goaltender at times and, you know, looking for one. I mean, there's many that come through the crease, but every market has its own, you know, unique challenges, so to speak. And I'm wondering for you, you've played in Vancouver, Carolina, Calgary, um, obviously in the AHL, the Swedish League, and then in for Sweden at the, the World Championships. I'm wondering... For each league, what pressure would be there, and what was the league you felt the most pressure in on a nightly basis, or even a game by game basis? I know, like, like uh, I, I try not to think too much of, of like the pressure that are coming uh, from fans and media and everything, because that's not really going to help you. I mean, I, I per- personally think that. Uh, most guys have made it that far to have like uh, the most pressure and the most expectations on themselves too, and and and, and uh, just uh, that was the most that I felt uh, probably at the NHL level. But it was just that I wanted it so much myself, and I wanted to perform that good, right? So so. Uh, I never really felt the pressure from like the outside, but it was more more like an inner desire for me to succeed. 
No, definitely. Well, I'll flip that question on its head and make it a little bit more fun. What was your favorite city to go into outside of the city you were playing in? Um, that, you know, not just to uh, see the landmarks, but just nightlife or whatever it is with the teammates. What was your favorite one to pull into? Like, this is one you look forward to on the map. <laughs> <laughs> just like from playing the game, I like going to Chicago the most because uh, I spend two years there in like minors and I. Uh, my wife is from there. I have like a ton of family and friends there. So like uh, Chicago was like the most fun city for me to go to because uh, there was always like 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 a lot of people watching me in like the stands that I knew and uh, God forbid dinners and everything with 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 the uh, family and friends was, was the, definitely uh, the most fun. Now, for your playing career, i got to ask, I mean, do you remember who scored the first goal on you, the first NHL goal? I would say it was pretty sure it was a D shot in Calgary. I would say, like, uh, probably, like, Brody or Giordano or one of the it was definitely Gio who scored the first goal on you. Yeah. And I got to ask, when you got to Calgary, did Gio chirp you just a little bit about it? or? <laughs> no, I mean, from, from, from that first goal until we played together, he scored a lot of goals. And <laughs> so, uh, Bigger and uh, McRadden and chirp, chirp hurt me like a few times because he he scored on me from uh, the red line in Rogers Arena so uh, that was actually pretty fun who was your favorite guy um, on the ice that would be chirping I know uh, watching the game from a Maple Leaf standpoint I love what Brendan Gallagher and uh, Max Domi bring to the game with chirping I'm wondering uh, who your favorite guy was to listen to on the ice chirping standpoint I thought that Tom Cicito was really fun to play with like <laughs> he he uh, his mouth was always yapping and, 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 and uh, there was a lot of fun stuff coming out of there but uh, just the first time that I went back with Carolina to play Vancouver like <laughs> just playing it Playing against Burroughs for like the first time was like wow, was like <laughs> this guy just never shuts up, right? <laughs> no, he's definitely one of those guys you want on your side when the chirping's going on. You don't want to be on the other side of it, the receiving end. Yeah, exactly. And and going for your your playing career, obviously, I mean, a lot of big moments. What is one moment for you that sticks out? That is just one that you're most proud of. Uh, the World Championship uh, was really fun for me. Uh, I would say just like getting Vancouver to the playoffs uh, the last year that they made like the playoffs right, was, was uh, really cool too. 
So playing in a Canadian market and a Canadian team getting to the playoffs is huge. Obviously, we don't have as many teams in Canada as the States does. So explain to me how the atmosphere feels, like just the fans and the energy. Do you guys feel that on the ice, especially come playoff time? Does the energy feel just a little bit more charged up? I know when you see teams and they got their outdoor fans, you know, you got the, um, for the Leafs, you got Leaf Square, and then Winnipeg's got the the Mile, and same with Calgary. I'm wondering for you, does that give you guys the extra boost, or is it just uh, another game, try to focus, tune it all out? No, but an extra boost, 100%, just like uh, seeing the boss plays in around the city, and like, just like everyone cares so much more when it's part up, right? And, and, and like, you, you, you've been fighting for those, those 82 games to get, to get there and, and, and just uh, being able to, to like, play on like the biggest stage and you know, like, uh, the teams that are eliminated are watching and like, the other teams are still in the playoffs. They're still watching everything, right? So, so like, that's like the biggest stage that you want to be on, and and that 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 like a hundred percent was so cool. Well, talking about big stages, and I'm going to bring it back to Bobby Lou for just a second. Obviously, uh, everybody talks about the uh, the outdoor game and uh, the game he didn't get to play in, and doing research to talk to you. I forgot about the tweet that he sent out about going and, and you know waiting to play in an outdoor game and then not having the uh, the opportunity due to unforeseen circumstances and your reply was absolutely classic the sorry with the sad emoji and the broken heart um obviously Bobby Lou's Twitter game is is one of those ones that's on fire um wondering for you that whole situation um was it as big as the media made it out to be or was it, uh, you know, just between you and Lou and, and Torts? No, I mean, uh, leading up to that game and everything, I 100% thought that Louie was going to play it, right? And, 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 and uh, for what he's done for, like, the city of Vancouver and, like, what he's done, uh, just playing that for so many years, like, that was definitely his game to start, right? And, and, and uh, Force didn't see it that way, right? So, 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 like, once he told me that I was going to start, like, uh, I I just tried to do my best to focus on that game and everything. But uh, looking back at it, like, 100%, uh, Luongo was supposed to start, start, start that game. No, uh, I mean, that's, that's the honest answer. And, I mean, a lot of people thought that was the way it's going to be. Uh, I mean, I guess when you, something gets in Tortorella's head, it's in his head, and that's it. There's no changing it, and obviously being a player, you kind of just get into the game you're told to get into. Um, wondering yeah, for you, for you, um, I know that there was a situation with Torts there, uh, with the, the outdoor game, but I'm also wondering, um, you know, there's the comments from Bill Peters about your play. I'm wondering, those two coaches like to use the media kind of to push their agenda with players and maybe light a fire sometimes and sometimes it works sometimes it doesn't um are you a guy that likes to have everything in the room and you know talk face to face or does it motivate you when a coach goes to the media like that 
definitely well i mean as as fans and as people that you know kind of work around the fringes of media and you know to, to hear those things and see those things we always wonder you know how you guys feel when those things happen and for me i mean i never played any sport at that high of a level but i always like to think that things should stay in the room and be addressed that way and you know i always think that using the media to, to spur a guy on or to throw a guy under the bus um i, I can't imagine it would sit too well so that's why I wanted to ask that, but I got to ask now for you. I mean, obviously, you did accept a role in 2019 with the Arizona University and doing coaching yourself. I'm wondering, is the assistant coaching job, but is it more of a goalie centric focused position, or how does that work for yeah. you? Yeah, I'm I'm 100 uh, percent with the goalies, and 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 uh, I I just uh, uh, try try. To bring what I learned throughout my career playing, and like kind of give them some like pointers here and there, push them when they have to be pushed, and and, and show them love when they have to be shown love, right? So uh, that that's uh, uh, kind of my co- co- coaching philosophy uh, that I'm not trying to change anyone. But I'm just like uh, trying to make you as best as you can with playing your style, right? No, definitely. Well, learning under Greg Powers, the head coach, I mean, for you, what are you taking away so far um, in your, your young coaching career? And is coaching something that you want to not just dip the toes in, but just get fully immersed in eventually? Or is being just a goalie coach where you'd like to sit or... 
how's that all working for you under Coach Powers? No, uh, I I love uh, working with Greg and and and, and just uh, just being on like the other side of it now, and I see how much work goes into it and and and. Uh, um, the preparation before games and everything like that, right? So, uh, Greg is te- teaching me uh, a lot, but I think that I'm teaching him some about goal 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 to be honest. Right? <laughs> That's but, a two-way street. But, but uh, just, I don't think that coaching is going to be some stuff, something uh, that I'm going to uh, end up doing. I'm really happy with being here with ASU and like that's the perfect job for me right now and I don't think that I'm going to be doing more than that well I'd get asked a further question to that I mean obviously maybe you're not coaching but is there anything else in hockey that you may want to try your hand at I mean there's a lot of guys who get into to media side of things there's a lot of guys who get in behind the scenes like GM assistant GM um, does any of that interest you, or is Eddie Lack simply uh, happy being the goaltender coach right now for ASU and then just moving forward from there? You hear my stuttering. I can't do media. <laughs> oh, man. Listen, when I, when I first started doing this podcast, Eddie, I couldn't string a sentence together with anybody to save my life. So, uh, you know what? I put it like this. I probably couldn't stop a puck the way that you do. But maybe after, you know, four or five years, I might be able to stop a couple. So, I mean, anything with practice, right? Like you were saying, anything with practice you get better at. So, man, I definitely think you can come around, no problem. Yeah, no, I I, uh, well, I actually got my real estate license here uh, about six months ago. And I uh, started doing that as my full-time job. It's the... Uh, what my family's doing back home in Sweden and everything, and it's something that I've been uh, pa- passionate about for a long time. So, so uh, the ASU and coaching and hockey is uh, something that I really enjoy doing on on the side. But but the, uh, real estate and real estate investments and stuff is like uh, what I'm going to be doing going forward. No, I mean, that's not a problem at all. I mean, how many people can say they got shown a house by Eddie Lack, you know? And that's a house you want to buy. So you're, you're getting name value before you even step in the door. That's amazing. Um, I want to yeah. ask one question yeah. about ASU before we uh, before we get on to the last question I'm going to ask. But for um, ASU, you see the Austin Matthews reveal of the jersey and him stepping on the ice. What is the presence like of Austin Matthews within Arizona, within that organization and around everything there. Obviously, hailing from there, playing for a big team like the Maple Leafs, I mean, he's obviously got to be one of the stars down there, but to boost the program like that with him wearing the uh, the jersey, I mean, that's pretty cool. Uh, I, I think, think that they could have picked a bit bigger name, to be honest. <laughs> 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 no, I'm kidding. Uh, He's uh, a good fr- friend of mine, and and and, and uh, just uh, hockey is not very big here yet, right? But it's growing and it's getting bigger. But like uh, he is one of very few that gets recognized wherever he goes here, right? And and and, and uh, just seeing. 
like the kind of rock star status that he has here and like uh, the aura that he surrounds himself with it's, 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 it's uh, pretty cool for being the desert <laughs> <laughs> no definitely well the last question I want to leave you with Eddie is obviously we, we all know that you took the to Twitter and, and made your announcement for retiring um, that was something that probably wasn't came to as an easy decision um, what can you tell people that are pondering that fact and not knowing you know if it's the right time what made you feel it was the right time and what would you recommend that people reflect on if they're at that crossroads to think about at that time I uh, before my last hip surgery I basically just told myself that if I'm not 100% I'm not going to get back right so uh, the decision for me was very easy uh, because my body was just not at that point where I could play a professional hockey and like if if I was gonna come back I wanted to come back for five or six years not like push myself through like six months right so uh, for me the decision was easy and and, and, and the, uh, the advice that I would give to people in the same position would be just to follow, follow their heart and and, 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 and and just don't make any like rushed decisions like just just uh, think about what's uh, best for you and that's the, the decision just like happen on its own no that's awesome there's a lot of people I know that wrestle with that decision, whether it be in hockey or, you know, other professions. So to hear it from someone who just went through it and, you know, be able to use those words, that's a, that's a lot, Eddie. I want to thank you very much for taking the time. It's uh, absolutely awesome to talk with you, snap it around a little bit, have some fun. Um, I look forward yeah. to uh, to maybe hearing from you again down the road, and best of luck with everything, but thank you so much for stopping by. Thank you. Thanks for having me. All right, as you heard, ladies and gentlemen, that was Eddie Lack, former Vancouver Canuck, Carolina Hurricane, Calgary Flame. He is an amazing guy. Had a lot of fun talking about everything there. So I hope you enjoyed that episode. We have lots more coming down the pipeline. Enjoy the day, ladies and gentlemen. That is Offside for now. (laughs) 